but why are betters betting there? When are they putting in you know their real bets? This is where it gets interesting. Hey, what's up, everybody? GP13 here. Today, we're going to be talking about how we weigh certain books in terms of if if we're you know coming at this from a devigging or steam chasing, actually maybe more of a devigging standpoint. How do we determine who the sharpest book is? How do we determine which book we should be aligning with uh, when we bet? And this kind of comes from a discussion I had with some people who were talking about Pinnacle for props. And they were saying, you know, Pinnacle is not incredibly sharp for certain props, which I would agree with. You know, FanDuel might be sharper. But as we move towards college basketball season and these same people were thinking about uh, putting on some straights on Fliff for college basketball, they were wondering essentially like, do you just tail Pinnacle when Pinnacle is off market? And it's a nuanced question. And it's a question that's applicable to any market in sports betting. So I want to basically address what we're looking for when we uh, decide to tail a book, decide to you know align ourselves with choose one book. Because basically, what you're doing if you're if if you have a top down approach. You're taking information from one book, you're betting it at the other book. So you're determining this book, book A, the one that you're taking the information from, has better information than book book B. That's that's the whole crux of, of the trade. That's the that's where the EV is created. The EV is the difference in information between you know book A and book B minus the juice, right? So how do we pick our book A? How do we pick which book we want to um which book we want to tail? And first of all, like there is no book A. There is no one book that is the be all end all. Like there will be always a book that is the sharpest and that's usually going to be a market making book and we've talked a lot about this, but it's essentially um, a sport, a sports book where they're going to take large bets from sharp customers. They know who their sharp customers are, and they're skilled at using their information to make themselves money because that is why they take the bets from sharp customers. And I, I do, I do want to highlight this because as much as I love Circa, Bet Chris, Pinnacle, they're not being altruistic and taking bets from sharp customers, right? They're taking bets from sharp customers because they believe that they can use that information to make themselves more money. And that's that's the market-making model. So we want to find essentially books that are using that model and betting it at other books that are not. However, however, you have to remember to to operate that model, you have to have a flow of information coming in. 
now where are so then this model the market making books they're really just um they're kind of like an aggregate of all the sharp betters information right but why are betters betting there when are they putting in you know their real bets this is where it gets interesting so in this discussion of pinnacle it was you know early on a pinnacle opener if we see a number and Pinnacle is off market, are we going to take that number and bet, you know, bet at, we can say bet at Fliff, but let's, let's, let's even make it a more reasonable book, like a FanDuel or something. And the answer is, it depends. You should, you have to know how much, how much Pinnacle is taking in that situation on that bet, because you have to think of the flow the flow of information that's going on behind the scenes, which is coming, the the good information is coming from the sharp bettors. And what are their incentives? Where are they going to be betting? Now, let's say Pinnacle has an $1,000 limit on a college basketball side. A side is just a spread bet, right? So it's like a reasonably sized game and they open it at maybe 500. They move it up to 1,000. Okay, Pinnacle's Pinnacle's uh, taking a thousand dollars. You might be able to get that bet for like five k on Fanduel, like, and sharp betters have access to Fanduel. You know, be it through partners or, um, you know, they might have a deal with Fanduel. Like, there's sharp there's sharp betters that like have relationships with books embedded into them for an agreed upon size. So that you know they can get a good size bet down in the book and get their information and not deal with you know their partners or their beards or whatever you want to call it. But like people have access to a lot of the regulated U.S. books, like a lot of sharp betters, a lot of syndicates do. It's not you know if you're an originator, it might not be your first choice to move through. But like if Fanduel's taking five grand. And Pinnacle's taking one grand. Just because Pinnacle is Pinnacle doesn't mean that you should be using their information to bet elsewhere. Now, let's say Pinnacle has it up their limits. They've gone from five. Now they're taking like 10 grand, 20 grand on a college basketball side. And now this is coming from someone who doesn't bet college basketball. So like I could be 20 grand on a college basketball side. could be crazy. I have no clue. But... Now all of a sudden Pinnacle is up their limits. It's getting closer to game time. They're taking, you know, 10 or 20. And you look over at FanDuel and they're still taking five. That's a situation where we're going to be more likely to side with Pinnacle. Because you have to think of it from, from their perspective. They also have a reason why they increase their limits. Like they've probably seen certain people bet. And they've seen the market move and they're like, okay, now we feel really confident. Like they they throw out those early limits to just like test the waters and get information. Those are just like when they throw out a thousand dollar limit on a college basketball game or whatever, NFL game, whatever it is, that's really just like throwing a, like a fishing line in the water. They're just fishing for information. As they start to pull information in, they'll raise the limits. And that's when they start taking bets. They start 
um, putting some real money behind their opinions and they form those opinions as they see the information come in. So once they're offering like offering 20 grand bets on a, you know, a side of college basketball, they have an opinion now that they feel really, really confident in. And that's when we can also feel confident in it. Take that opinion, go to another book that might feel a little bit less confident, right? Go to a, a bet rivers, you know, someone who's using Canby and they're not really, um, they don't really have a sophisticated data science and trading team behind it to like have opinions, right? That's where, when we can go attack there, go attack your local bookie who, you know, they, they haven't moved their number off pinnacle or whatever it is. Right. So that's kind of a good little overview of how, how this all works. And that's, and that's really signal number one is who's taking the biggest bets because the sharp betters are always looking to be, you know, sharp betters are constrained by time and constrained by, to a lesser extent, like being able to easily move money around, right? But they're going to want to get down as much as they can in a short a time period as possible. And it's A, because, you know, whatever, you don't have a thousand hours in a day, you want to be efficient with your time, you know, you want to have a good hourly. But B, once they start to put their bets out there, they lose control of that information. Other people have their information and they're going to start moving numbers on it, betting themselves on it. There's people at books that they'll see bets come in and they'll bet on that information. That is common practice, right? So sharp bettors are always getting their stuff leaked when they start hitting the market. So they want to just boom, knock it out as fast as possible in a short time period as possible. So they're going to wait till they can get a big bet down on a couple of the sites. You know, if they want to get 50K down and they have a strong opinion on something and they're very, very sharp, so they're willing to take the chance at, you know, betting into a closing line, they'll probably wait till there's a couple of books that are taking, you know, 10 plus K bets and then just hitting it within a minute or two, right? Or they're going to do the very sophisticated, you know, move the line get a better price, bring it back the other way, et cetera. Not going to get too much into that because it doesn't really help us to, to get too paranoid about that. But the key thing is the more money a book is willing to take, the more confident they are in their opinion and probably the more sharp action they've attracted because they're willing to take a very big bet so it's attractive. It's a good value proposition for the sharp bettors to bet there. The other thing you got to keep an eye on is the market. How does it react to certain books, right? Where's that like, where does the market revert to? Where's like the magnetic pull? It could be pinnacle or it could be something crazy. I remember one time for a while, this was back in the day, but like it was when prize picks had. F- Pretty early on, they were really bad at strikeouts, baseball strikeouts. And that was just a good spot because they'd be off by like one and a half strikeouts on a player. And, you know, that's massive, massive. You know, each strikeout's worth such a high percent, right, of probability 
Um, anyway, and they were they were very very bad at it. And after a while, so what you could do back in the day was you go and bet online, right? You just right when the strikeouts came out and bet online, just bet on prize picks, free money. After a while, and I was doing this, I I started to see that the bet online prices move towards prize picks, and I was like, this is crazy. Like this must just be people middling, right? Because it's like, um, you know, you're just like there. There's no way that that prize picks is actually have has sharper strikeout numbers than bet online. But I think that it kind of got to a point where prize picks was actually attracting and taking in aggregate more money on their strikeout numbers because you know you could take a strikeout number from prize picks, throw it into a ton of different combos. And get like the equivalent of like five grand down on it. Whereas Bet Online wasn't coming anywhere close to that. So that was a situation where you you have two brands, you know, Bet Online, sharp, smart, prize picks, dumb, <laughs> stupid, like doesn't know what they're doing. But prize picks have made itself kind of a target for sharps, and they start to get a ton of information that maybe people weren't betting into bet online with. So try not to be too biased with your opinions on books, right? And think about it in terms of, you know, where would the sharp bettors be going? Where's their information going? Part of the way to understand that is just seeing where you can get more money down. The other way is who who is like the magnet of the market? You know, who's the market flowing towards the most and usually in that situation that's the sharpest book in the market and it changes so always be evaluating it's it's really hard to remember to do this and i always forget to do this but it's like i have an opinion i'm like this book they're sharp in this market and that's just how it goes and i forget sometimes to like question this and usually it works out fine because I'm also thinking like they're sharp for a reason. They're taking the biggest bets. You know, there's a lot of protection there for, from me for being like super wrong, but like it's still important to, to reevaluate because if you're one of the first people to kind of see another book being sharp or like see that their information might be better than other people think it is, that's a big edge, right? Because it's, it's part of sports betting. People are going to be tailing the sharp books. So the more people tailing the sharp books, the less value it is. If you find kind of a situation where there's there's a book that people might not perceive to be super sharp, but it actually has decent information and you can use that, that's a good spot, you know, especially if the public perception is pretty low. So anyway, I think this is important. Um it's like a blend of, of DFS and straight betting. This is a little more relevant to straight betting, but you know it's all the same thing, right? It's all sports betting, and it was an interesting conversation, so I thought that I would kind of go into depth about it, and hopefully it helps to hear, you know, hear that breakdown. Anyway, I would really appreciate it if you haven't already. Give this a uh, subscribe. We got... A great guest coming on tomorrow. It is Halo. He is a 19-year-old kid who turned $100 into $100,000 one year part-time 
betting on sports. It's an amazing story. He's incredibly sharp and you know, you will not want to miss this episode. So that comes out Wednesday. Please subscribe, get it right, delivered right to your phone, play it and just learn. I learned from this guy, right? He's like almost half my age, but you know, I'm constantly learning from him. So this is, I'm, I'm very, very excited to have him on. Anyway, thanks for listening and I will see you on the next episode.